You may not be aware of this, but being considered in Congress as we speak right now, most believe will pass this year or next year is the SECURE Act 2.0. So what could this mean for those who are planning for retirement? On today's podcast, we're going to talk about proposed changes that will impact your retirement planning. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Parag. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am I, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Untangling your finances. Mo Param with Cloud Vesters, a firm that is a fiduciary firm and recommended nationally by Dave Ramsey. That's his job on this podcast, but it's it's actually his full-time job because he <laughs> untangles finances for many people. And of course, all stages of their financial life, and that includes retirement. And that's actually what we're going to touch on today. Hey, Mo, how you doing? Hey, D- I'm good, Dave. How are you doing? Wonderful. Wonderful. Everybody's in place and everybody's talking to each other again on the podcast staff after the big 50th party. Uh, I know. I know. We made <laughs> up with... It, everyone's <laughs> gearing up for this weekend, right? It's Memorial Day weekend, so... Everyone is just uh, just 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 excited just to have a three day weekend. Yeah, we're feeling four good about weekend, it. Yeah, well, four day yeah. after the podcast. Yeah, after the podcast, right? Because that, that's I'm glad you mentioned that. We record on a Friday, so at the time of our recording, I always like when it's something that's timely to point that out. Uh, the Secure Act 2.0, which is like the mm-hmm. sequel to the Secure Act, is working its way through Congress now. Many believe. <laughs> Because it, it it does, and this is something you don't get a lot in Washington, it has bipartisan support. So many believe that this will eventually, like the original SECURE Act, become law. The SECURE Act, Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act, it became law, was signed into law early 2020. Well, now this is SECURE Act 2.0. And yes, it is given, get, being given serious consideration in Congress. And so we're going to break it. Mo's going to break it down for you because just like the original Secure Act, this could impact your retirement. Not all good, not all bad. Just like the original Secure Act, you can be the judge of what you think is good or bad. But Mo, you're going to break it down. So let's jump in. Uh, yeah, so let's do it. Legislation has sequels now, just like movies. So with Secure <laughs> Act 2.0, uh, all right. The Secure Act raised the original one raised the required minimum distribution age from 70 and a half to 72. And now we're looking at further raises of that age. How will that work? So the original, so Dave, the original secure act raised the RMD age from 70, from 70 and a half to 72. And so for those who aren't aware what the RMDs are, RMD is required minimum distribution. So that is a, a required amount that you have to distribute, essentially withdraw from your IRAs or 401ks. So you have to now you have to take it at age 72 well this proposed legislation would begin to increase the rmd age to sit to age 75 over the course of a decade so what they're proposing is the new rmds will start at age 73 starting january 1 of 2022 then january 1 of 2029 it would increase to 74 and then following all the way up to January 20, 20, January 1st of 2032, it would increase to 75. So over the course of you know, a decade, 
we're going to go from 73 to 75. So what, yeah. wh- wh- why? I mean, I mean, I always try to think, so there's got to be a reason they want to raise it further. You know, the, the rationale behind it is, uh, to be quite honest, I'm not sure exactly why they're doing this. I mean, RMDs, uh, these distributions, you, you, you will be taxed, right? So you will be taxed on these distributions as income. So there has to be a benefit, right? There's a, there's a give and take. So there there's, has to be a benefit to the IRS. Maybe they've, they've realized that these accounts can grow, can be larger, you know, d- depending on if you keep delaying these accounts from having to be withdrawn, then you, you're, you're basically uh, drawing a bigger pool, mm-hmm. right? A bigger asset. So, so to, be, to be quite honest, I'm not sure exactly why they're doing this. I mean, maybe the, the retirement system in the U.S. is troubled, right? Um, uh, there, you know, there's questions about, you know, Social Security and, and the, the lack of savings that, uh, that us as citizens, as the, uh, the U.S. population is doing over time. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. You can go anytime. Van, Vanguard actually uh, in 2019 said that the median 401k balance for those 65 or older is $58,000, right? So there is a push that we need to be saving more or investing mm-hmm. more. So maybe some of this has to be with let's let some of these uh, these retirement accounts continue to contribute uh, to grow over time. But I'm not sure exactly why they're doing it. It's maybe taking less stress uh, from those who are required to make these distributions to be quite honest i'm not exactly sure why they're doing this. but you can still but take it earlier if you want it's just it's not it wouldn't be required until that later age under this yeah yeah you, you can start taking you can start making distributions from your from your 401k or these or iras uh, without any penalties starting at age 59 and a half uh-huh. so you don't have to wait until you're 73 74 just, that's 75. when it's mandatory it's just when it's mandatory now currently uh, you face a 50 percent penalty but that even this even this makes me think they've calculated some uh lucrative benefits to raising the rmd age because they're proposing reducing that 50 percent draconian well i don't know if it's draconian but it's it's hefty <laughs> it's a hefty penalty they're talking about it, reducing yeah, it's it's hefty, and we when we work with our clients, and we some of them don't even know this, and it's 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 an alarming penalty. So if you do not take your RMDs um, at the at any given year when you have to take them, it's a fifty percent penalty. And so essentially, and and what the key thing behind it is, the only way they find out that you didn't take your RMD is the following year when you file your taxes, right? So you file your taxes the following year. Whoops, you forgot to take your RMD the year before. So now you have a 50% penalty. You have to take the RMD that you forgot to take. And now you're in a new year. So you have to take the RMD for that given year. So it's a, it's it's pretty hefty if you forget to, to take your RMD. Actually, it kind of is draconian. I mean, it's quite <laughs> severe, you know. It is severe. I mean, think about that. A 50% penalty, the distribution that you forgot to take, the new distribution that you have to take for the current year, and all of it is taxed, right? I mean, that's that's just huge. So what they're what they're proposing is reducing that penalty to 25% from 50 to 25 and if you correct that mistake right then it is uh, they'll reduce it to 10%. Now they just being nice there with that or I mean <laughs> they wake up there on the right side of the bed that morning and think wow right. that 50% is pretty steep. <laughs> right. <laughs> the fact that it has bar, uh, bipartisan support. Yeah. Uh, it lends me to believe that there is a benefit for 
for someone, right? It's, it's a, there's a benefit for the for the government one way or another. You're speaking in a far. You just spoke in a foreign language a moment ago. You, what did? What was that word? You said bipartisan. Bipartisan, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> is, That's when both sides shake hands and agree on something. Is that French? <laughs> bipartisan. I, I just wasn't. Think, wouldn't it be Martian. bipartisan then? <laughs> Biparisian. No, I just I, I'm being sarcastic because you don't see a lot of bipartisanship anymore. No, you don't. Really in and Washington. Nowadays, you don't. So now when you do see it, I get suspicious. Like, wait a minute. Wait Wait a minute there, Buster. (laughs) All right, Buster. We're breaking down Secure Act 2.0, which at this time is proposed legislation. Uh, Here's another feature of it. Your employer could auto-enroll you in a retirement savings plan. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? So your your employer can automatically – well, actually, I can – would require right, oh, employer. Okay. That's a huge, right? Huge word. Require employers to automatically enroll eligible workers into 401k, 403 plans at a savings rate of 3% of their salary. Now, as an employee, as a worker, you can opt out or you can opt to save less or save more of these contributions. But at least from the beginning, your employer will automatically start to enroll you at 3%. And then the enrolled workers, would their, in, their contribution rate would automatically increase by 1% up until um, your contribution reaches 10%. Okay. See, this is a push, right? This is a push to get people get to you saving. saving. Yeah. Get you saving, right? In some aspects, I like it because when we meet with our clients, you know, we, we see the benefit of, you know, Staying, sticking to the fundamentals and saving, right? And putting away dollars that most likely you won't you won't miss out of sight, out of mind, and continue to save and build for your retirement. Are they looking ahead at income at Social Security and really worried about because you know the whole twenty thirty five thing with Social Security and its solvency? Not saying it's going away, but they've got some challenges there. Is that yes. worrying them? Is that why they're doing all the, these pushes to get people to save more? I don't know. But I, can, I, I can see that. I can see that being a way of, well, if you if you look at the Social Security website, you know, they're they're projecting that about about 40 percent of one's retirement income is based off Social Security. Mm-hmm. That's a, that and that's an average. Right. So I've been doing this for, gosh, uh, oof, 17 years, give or take. Wow. I've seen it as high as yeah. 60, 70 percent of one. I don't doubt it. It's based off Social Security. I know people who it's like that for. Yeah. And most of the time it's because there's no other means, right? They're, they don't have any other assets. So by, in a sense, forcing you to, to save right now, you have the ability to opt out, right? But it's it's... It's a way to get people to start saving over time. So that way, if you you can have other assets available to you to either uh, delay Social Security or, you know, if for some reason there's some changes to the Social Security, uh, your Social Security benefits, that you're not left, you know, up the up the paddle without any other means because yeah. so, because you have these other assets. So so I like that aspect of it, of, of being in a position where we're. We're, we're, we're pushing people to save, but on the downside, you know, you're, you're forcing these employers to 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 uh, uh, to make these decisions for for their employees. And, you know, you're putting your you're putting some of these employers in, in positions where 
they may not necessarily want to be in. Well, that's what I was, I was actually just thinking, because with the SECURE Act, there was definitely a blend of good and bad. Like bad, uh, I think most people agree, was the elimination of the stretch IRA. But with this, it, for some, it seems like it's more good than bad. But you're right, uh, maybe not. Maybe certain employers may not view it that way from this proposed uh, SECURE Act 2.0 legislation. Mo is breaking it down, and we got a lot more to get to. That's coming up on the podcast, Your Finances Untapped. How can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning? The convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch. That's Cloud Vesters. That's cloudvesters.com. They're an endorsed Dave Ramsey Smart Vester. That's a relationship you can trust. At Cloud Vesters, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's Cloudvestors. That's cloudvestors.com. Untangling Your Finances is what Mo does, and we're back into the conversation on the podcast, Mo Param of Cloudvestors, a fiduciary firm. And you know, dealing with a financial fiduciary means that they are legally bound to act in your best interest. And that is what Mo passionately believes in doing, too, for his clients in all areas and, t- and, and eras of their financial life. We're talking about the retirement era now and proposed legislation that could change your retirement planning, much as the uh, original SECURE Act did. We're talking about SECURE Act 2.0, not yet law at the time of our recording, but many believe because of its bipartisan support that it will become law. Now, Mo has already talked about the fact that this uh, proposed legislation uh, proposes raising the RMD age eventually up to 75, that your employer really could be inquired to auto-enroll you in a retirement savings plan, although you would have the ability to opt out. But if you don't, uh, your savings will be automatically increased over the time. Over time. Uh, here's the next Next thing, Mo, you under this proposed legislation will be able to make bigger catch-up contributions. So yeah, so this one is this one is pretty interesting, right? So when when you read the the proposed bill, so for those who are 62 to 64, right, you're able to make an additional ten thousand dollars in uh, contribution to your 401k or 403b plan. So currently, right now, uh, you can make an at uh, you can make an additional $6,500. So they're, they're looking at increasing that uh, an additional $10,000. But for 62 to 64 only ages. But for 62 to <laughs> 64 only. Yeah, that's 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 pretty interesting why they've chosen that. Wow. Age. And then a simple IRA, you're able to contribute an additional 5000 and that's up from the current 3000 so yeah, it's 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 a push, right? It's a push to start save not start to increase your savings. And I think you hit it right on the head. I think there is some 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 worrisome some about social security. And right. and overall, not only Social Security, but I think there are some worries about overall where retirees are gonna be in ten to twenty plus years from now. And what shape they'll be in. Yeah. And more prepared for retirement. It takes less if you think about it on the government's end, right? It takes less stress off them to provide these benefits on your behalf. So making sure that you, not making sure, but putting you in a position where you can be a little more self-sufficient, 
and self-reliant on your own investment choices and your own assets to take the pressure from the government. I think there's, I think there's some, there's some validity in, um, in, in this, in this legislation, in this proposed legislation. What I do like though, is the, um, the catch up, the IRA catch up, which at age 50, you're able to thousand dollars to your IRAs. Now, what they're proposing is now this catch up start to be indexing for inflation starting in 2023, because for, for the last 15 years, right, this is crazy. The annual increase has only been limited to a thousand dollars. So so think about that. Yeah. For the last 15 years, you've only been able to put an right. additional thousand dollars after 50. Yeah, it's not a lot for, for many people. It's not a lot. So at least now we can start indexing that amount consistently. You know, when they put out this information on proposed legislation, they really leave us no choice but speculate and <laughs> and, and, speculate, and right. try to figure out what is the motive of this. And we don't know for sure. And it, it's not even law yet. I mean, I at the time of the recording, all I know is it's passed the House Ways and Means Committee. I think I read that. But it's so it's working its way. It's got, and who knows? I mean, you know, when they get in through the whole reconciliation process, lots of changes could come to what we're talking about. So, you know, you'll That's have right. to stay tuned on that. But a lot more to talk about on what's being proposed now. For instance, you know, you talk about um, we've talked about orphan 401ks and this proposed legislation would make finding them easier. Yeah, you can imagine the challenge, right, for employers to to locate past employee past employees um, who may have changed their name, right, because of marriage, may have changed their addresses, and so trying to find them, and also the same the same uh, could be true for the workers, employers who are trying to find former employers that might have been, that might have changed their names, may have merged with another company, so. Confusions about where do I track these employees? Where do I track my former employers? So now they're making it where there's going to be a national online lost and found database for retirement plans. <laughs> so if you've if you're if you've known that you've worked somewhere and you don't have access to those statements or you don't know where to go, there's a national database now where you can go to. Yeah, I've, I've heard of people forgetting. Oh, I forgot I had that one. How do you do that? It's, I know. I know. And it's 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 crazy. And, and even those as we were as we were working with our clients, some of them know where they're where they are, right? But when they bring their statements to the they table, don't know what to do with it, right? They don't know what to do with it, right? So it's it's like, wow, you're forty years old and you have four, five old four hundred one ks, which is not a bad thing, right? Uh, at least you. Well, at people least you change have jobs more frequently now than they, they did. Job more often. Yeah, but it, it doesn't happen often where where someone's coming into our table and they have statements with all their old accounts, their orphan accounts, right? They're they're trying to think about where it is, and it's just it's just a mess sometimes because these old four hundred one ks, whether you whether you like it or not, as you get to your retire your required minimum distribution age, well. Even if you can't track it down, guess what? The IRS probably knows yeah. that you have these accounts, oh. right? So if you're not factoring in those old 401ks, those old um, as part of your RMD calculation. Oh, good then, point. You know, that could that could that could be an impact, right? That you could don't be want that penalty. In, in the penalty. You don't want that penalty. Good so, gracious. Uh, either consolidating it or knowing consolidating them or at least knowing uh, where they are. So I actually like this part of the uh, of the proposed bill. We used to have a joke in radio when we'd get applications from people, you know, and they had hopped you know, like every six months from radio station to radio station. We were like, he should have just sent in the, the yellow pages instead of his resume. 
or we could turn his resume into the yellow pages. But uh, people don't normally hop every six months, but I've seen those. But people do change jobs more than they did, like in the time of our parents and grandparents. All right, looking That's at true. Secure Act 2.0. Um, so now what are some, uh, now there are some changes with SIMPLE and SEP IRAs. <coughs> Yeah, so some of the changes to the SIMPLE and SEPs are currently right now, SIMPLE and SEPs, you're not allowed to make any Roth contributions uh, from the employee. So that would, so this will change. Uh, so now you'll be able to make these Roth contributions. And uh, also what's also cute, uh, uh, interesting about this is also that employees uh, could opt for their employer to make matching contributions uh, on their 401k, 457, 403b plans on a Roth basis. So right now, uh, these matches are always on a pre-tax basis. So now, if you are eligible for a Roth option within your plan, you could contribute on a Roth basis. And then now your company match, you can opt for them to make that into a Roth, con uh, Roth contribution. Would they well. have so to? Can, and the reason I'm asking is, is the advantage for the employer to contribute to the traditional as opposed to the raw well, the the advantage the tax advantage is for the employer to do it on a pre-tax basis right 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 that's how they get their their, their tax deductions i don't know how this works yeah. on, on well, a tax it's, it's basis early. for the yeah. employee for the employer this, there's got to be a kicker there but again it goes back to some of the what I was mentioning before the 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 pressure of these of employers to do to make these changes on their on their behalf so where's the win for them Right. Maybe it's, it's employee morale, but but when it comes down to dollar and cents, you mean the pressure for them to automatically make these contributions to auto auto enroll you. Now, if an employee opts for you to make these Roth contributions, what's the what's the win for you as an employer? And here, here's another thing that makes me think, wow, they're really concerned about the state of financial state of future retirees, because the original Secure Act made it where part time workers um, would have the ability to participate in 401k over time. And now this one shortens that time span. Mm -hmm. So, so secure act 1.0 <laughs> made it <laughs> where if you were uh, a part-time employee, you know, a part-time worker, uh, with at least 500 hours if for, and if you worked for a company for three, three consecutive years, then you were able to contribute to their, to their retirement account. Now they've reduced, well, the proposed bill will reduce it to, uh, Two years. Two years. Again, okay. Make, making it easier for part-time workers to uh, be, have access to these retirement accounts. Yeah. Again, putting more pressure on the employers, right? Yeah, that's uh, what we were saying. You know, it's, it's not so much. This is not necessarily great for employers, and it looks it looks like pretty good for retirees or future retirees. It's not bad yeah, for them. It's. It's not bad, right? It but this is not great stuff for employers necessarily. <laughs> Just trying to look it's at not. it from all sides, you know. Well, yeah, here, here's another thing. I feel worried about because see, that's what I think it's pointing out to you too. The concerns they have about the future of retirement. Savers in 403b plans would get better investment options. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So right now, uh, you typically see in 403b plans. Uh, they can only invest in like annuity contracts, uh, mutual funds. And so it prevents participants from investing in like co collective investment trust, which is a very fancy word, right? But it, it basically what this, what this is, what the proposal is just allowing um, uh, 
the participants to expand their investment choices within the 403B plan. Wow. Okay. And the, and the hits yeah. just keep on coming. Uh, I love this one. Wow. I right, get your take on this. Under proposed Secure Act 2.0, you can earn employer matching funds on your student loan payoffs. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. First, we talked about student uh, student loan forgiveness. Now we're saying that we're going to get uh, contributions uh, matching on based off what our student loan payments are. Right. So so what they're saying is you're making payments to your on your student loans. Uh, now your employer is going to match your 401k. 43B simple IRA 457 plans with the same amount that you're putting into your 401k into paying down your student loans, right? So I guess what they're saying is there's there's there could be pressure, right? If one takes on student loans, and they are you know let's just saying they're putting two hundred dollars a month on to paying off their debt, well that two hundred dollars that might put them into a a stress where they can't save as much in their retirement plan. So now it's like, okay, well, you're paying off your debt. Now let your employer match your 401k or, or add to your 401k on your behalf based off what you're paying on your student loans. The gentleman's Where's the win for the employer? I don't know. Yeah, I well, maybe. I don't know. The gentleman's time has expired. I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> I well, yield to your, my, my good your, friend and colleague in, in Atlanta, Mo Param. <laughs> I don't know. During, during the, the great state process, of, huh? during the interview process, are they going to ask you, do you have student loans? Oh, you do. Mm, when I hire you. Hmm. Well, they wouldn't say that. They go, uh, do you have student loans? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, uh, wow. It's nice meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Would they do that? Do you think? I, well, they, I, honestly, I don't think they can ask that. In an interview. <laughs> Certain things you can't ask in job interviews. Uh, wow, man, you laid it out here. Now, of course, all of this is subject to change. It has bipartisan support. Uh, many believe it will eventually become law. If not this year, next, we shall see. And this see. podcast will stay on top of Secure Act 2.0. Right. And that's why we say all the time, you know, financial planning is a living and breathing thing, right? So as new information comes in, what we do is we adjust our financial plan, right? So if you're 30 years old, 35 years old, you know, some of these things may not be applicable, or obviously, uh, when it comes to making those uh, 401k catch-ups, right? But if you're 60 62 63 and you're planning on retiring and this and this actually comes to this actually gets passed then we probably should review right review your plan and see how this actually impacts your retirement decision so financial planning is a living and breathing thing uh, it's uh it's 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 why we're here it's why having a financial advisor or financial advisory team that is up to date with these with these uh, with changes in tax laws changes in retirement planning changes in legislation so we can relay this information to you so we can better educate motivate and inspire you to make the better decisions for yourself that's what we do here hey speaking of, of hiring people I, i've been in positions in my life where i've had to hire people and interview people and mm -hmm. uh, and i know i've been on job interviews so i dress you know to impress address the appropriate way for an interview and i show up but when you show up that's the science of it 
because uh, you can be too late, but you can also be too early. And I got to tell you, it was a red flag to me if someone was late for a job interview, but it was an equal red flag if they were too early for it. It used to really annoy me when I was in a position doing <laughs> job interviews and, and it would be 30 minutes before the interview time and they'd say, you're, you're, uh, you're two o'clock interviews here. I'm like, well, it is 1.30. <laughs> I'm not ready for them. And then, but you know, I also feel bad about having them sit out there for 30 minutes, but then at the same time, I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. You weren't schooled properly on this. You do not show up 30 minutes early or late. What right. annoys you more, early people or late people? Gosh, they're equally annoying, right? I, I, I'm uh, glad you said that because they are to me too. I'd, I'd say... I'd say late because I can respect the fact that you at least got there early. Yeah, I do. I do. Although it is annoying. I get it. Right. You're right. Late just, is just worse. Hang out, just just yeah. hang out in the lobby. Right. Just hang out. In sit the lobby. out in the park. I've done that. Sit, I've got sit I, in your car because I do purposely go early in case I'm in traffic or lost. I've done right. this in the past, but I'll go down. Let, let's say there's a Starbucks down the road. I'll go in there and kill time or sit in the parking lot. I'm not going to go in 30 minutes early. Because right. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be that person that, you know, you show up 30 <laughs> minutes early and, you know, I have something to do, right? I'm in the middle of something. Yeah. But I don't want you, like you said, I don't want you sitting in the lobby for 30 minutes. Right. I'm that guy, right? Yeah, I'm not uh, going to be so that. We, I'm not that guy. We're not the doctor, right? That has you sitting outside <laughs> for like 25 minutes and then he, he or she shows up, right? But at the same time, it's like, uh, that's the now other you, thing. Now you, now you, I don't know. The other thing that kills again, me is you mentioned doctor, and I fall for this every time you're sitting in the first waiting room and they call you and you get excited. Like, okay, finally. And I always forget, oh, the second waiting room, the exam room. <laughs> you're going to wait longer in there. And in this case, you're sitting uncomfortably on some cot or whatever you call that thing. And, and, and first off, I never sit on that. I move to the chair. I, I feel so stupid sitting on that waiting for the doctor to come in. I know. I know. Gosh. We should do a whole podcast on pet peeves. Oh, man. Would you promise? Because I can load you up with them. How about we do a financial pet peeve? All right. Can I throw in some that aren't financial? Sure. Why not? I, I'm sure I could spin it to be financial. Let's do that next week. You want to? <laughs> Let's try it. Why not? Be, I'm, 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 I'm about uh, spicing things up a little bit and being creative. Well, yeah, let's try it. Financial pet peeves. I tell you what, more. we'll do a back and forth. And we'll each yeah. have a job because you normally do all the heavy lifting and I'll do some heavy lifting. Here's the assignment. <laughs> we'll start with you, financial pet peeve. Then I'll do a regular life pet peeve. Pet peeve. <laughs> then we'll go back to you for a financial pet peeve. You want to do let's that? Do it. Make it like yeah, a tennis match. All right, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. All right, Mo, good stuff on Secure Act 2.0. In all seriousness, you're very committed to, to keeping the listeners educated and aware of, of what's happening in the financial world. And we'll, of course, continue to do that next week right here. And we do hope you join us and stay with us and like and share and subscribe to this podcast, Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. 
information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.